Erica. And I'm Liana, and this is the Night Guys Podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, Erica's least favorite, cryptid, culty stuff, true crime stuff. We'll cover it all. And tonight we're having beverages. So join us with a beverage or of whatever kind. I mean, tea, wine, cider, if you're Erica. So good. So today's episode, we're gonna contest. Uh, contest. I don't I'm know. like we're gonna contact the dead. We're gonna <laughs> contact no the dead. No, we're gonna cover some haunted places. We're calling this haunted places episode, whatever. I don't know. One, two, un, Because <laughs> this will be our first in like a series, and that we'll kind of attack every once in a while because we're covering all the haunted places of all the times right of now. All so get ready, buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> five-day-long, 24-7 podcast. We've got our husbands bringing us food and water, and I don't know how we'll do the bathroom I breaks. Have a, it I out. have a bucket. <laughs> I need diapers. We should do that. We should do a uh, podcast marathon and go for a Guinness World Record. Is that a thing? Long slash, as you broadcasted? Slash power hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. We need to earmark that and come back to that later. Tell us what we should discuss on our power hour slash marathon podcast. Hour by hour topics. Oh, <laughs> maybe we'll do interviews too. Yeah. We'll get some appearances. Nobody will want to appear. <laughs> oh my god. I love this idea. This is gold. Oh, my God. I'm really excited. Okay. I'm really loving this. <laughs> Scale it back to what we're doing today. Okay. I'm focused. I'm back in. Okay. okay. But <laughs> no, uh, anyway, so this one, we're going to cover some places in the United States, but next time maybe we'll go global. I don't know yet. But before we get started into that, I first want to make sure that we give thanks to our listeners because y'all are the reason that we do this, mostly. So... <laughs> you give us purpose (laughs) you do and thank you for following us on instagram and now not only are we available on podbean but we are on itunes and stitcher and if there are other ones you want us to do we'll do those i will Um, read a lengthy how-to and figure out how to post it (laughs) and then i'll complain to liana about how hard it was (laughs) and then we'll both grumble at the world and why can't things just be like point and click easier yeah i'm working on google play yes it should happen soon damn they didn't get back to me so i don't know what happened i gotta try again which is so dumb because we're both pixel users so Mm -hmm. i mean come on yeah whatever anyway Whatever. But if you don't follow us on Instagram, we are at nightgeistpod. And if you want to email us suggestions, we're always open to new topics for future episodes. So, or if you have questions about us, or I don't even know what you'd ask, but ask. We're excited to <laughs> We'd read love them. To hear it. Please give us emails other than you've signed up for X in our inbox. <laughs> and our email address is uh, nightgeistpod at gmail.com so please please talk to us we're lonely that smelled like poltergeist but <laughs> a night instead of the polter <laughs> in case I you're figured wondering if they've made it this far I feel like they should have a general yeah. a general not idea <laughs> but maybe not I I shouldn't assume you're right <laughs> do you do you want to tell me your exciting news story for today? Yes. So we're going to yeah. kick it off with our weird news of the week, I suppose. I have two because one of them is really short and pretty pointless, but that's kind of what I do. <laughs> um, I hope we so, didn't do the same news. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I kind of hope we did. <laughs> so the one I picked, the first one I picked was uh, doctors in Australia decided to do everyone a service by swallowing Lego heads what? and seeing how long it took for them to shat it out. <laughs> That's awesome. So then, wait, so when parents freak out if their kids eat a yep. Lego? 100% why they did it. I think it was five or six doctors uh, swallowed. They picked the Lego head. They... It's the most comfortable. Of right? The- it's kind of rounded edges. <laughs> they swallowed it. 
and um, none of them had any symptoms to report. They felt fine, and um, they waited to see how long it took for it to appear in the pooper, and then used very scientific methods to get it out of the poo, and that was about it. The thing that was really amazing is <laughs> they did this, and then the, one of the comments in the article was, yeah, so we did this, and now we know, like, it didn't make us sick, and it took, like, I can't remember how many days it took them. It wasn't very long, but then they realized, oh, but kids' digestive tracts are probably different than ours, so it's probably irrelevant how long it took our stomach and the passage. No shit. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> oh, there it is. Average time took 1.7 days. <laughs> and none of them complained about any pooping complications. <laughs> you know, I'm, even if a kid eats a Lego head, those things are tiny. It's like the size of an undigested Pee. kernel of corn. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, it's so stupid. I love it. It made me happy. <laughs> and then my other one that I did... I don't know if it's really, I guess it's kind of weird news. It's not normal news. Hugh Hefner's typewriter. <laughs> it went to auction. It was $162,500. It's like the typewriter uh, that he used to publish the very first Playboy that had um, oh, Marilyn Monroe's nudes in it that he oh. illegally took from her, which is really shysty. No. Yeah, it sold for a ton of money other things that um sold for was one of his first issues it sold for $31,000 and his red silk smoking jacket sold for $41,600 okay so and wait wait for it okay and a gold and onyx ring with a compartment in which he kept a viagra pill it oh, was bought gross. for $22,400 <laughs> <laughs> Jim Belushi bid on his leather-bound script from the episode of Saturday Night Live that he kept because his brother was in that episode, I mm -hmm. guess, on Saturday Night Live. Did the money go towards something good, at least? <laughs> or did it just make rich people even more rich? Yeah, highly doubtful. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. It's crazy, well, though. $162,000 typewriter. I feel like a smoking jacket should be worth more, but what do I know? <laughs> uh, the smoking jacket will eventually disintegrate, so maybe they're... Uh, maybe. I bet they didn't even think about that. Who knows? Idiots. All right. Agreed. <laughs> well, my stupid news story... I'm just going to read the article because it's really stupid and short. Okay. A man in Spain definitely has a travel bug, but he's not looking to take a plane or an RV. A self-constructed spaceship is the ride favored by Lucio Ballestranos, or Ballesteros, an 87-year-old writer, musician, and YouTuber from Spain. <laughs> so he made a 60-foot UFO. For <laughs> I'll send you a picture of it. The article, the like, they're the where I found the article. It had a video attached and auto plays, and I don't want to do that to you right now. But <laughs> it weighs twenty six hundred pounds. He spent over a hundred. That's like an elephant, right? Or an elephant? I don't know. How Almost much two tons. <laughs> well, I don't know. Clearly, we did well in school. Right now, um, people are listening to this and being like. Oh I'm God. turning this off. <laughs> we'll pretend so that part didn't happen. <laughs> so he spent over a hundred thousand euros on building this, and it is made out of aluminum and some weird polymer. I looked it up. It's like this organic polymer. It's really weird. That's used in like total hip and knee replacements. I I, I was like, whatever. I'm just. I started to go down a rabbit hole, and I was like, this is unimportant. But He's anyway, with that. <laughs> He said, he said, okay, so this is my favorite. So it won't be operation and operational until he installs some motors. And he doesn't imagine that it will be used until sometime far in the future. Bear in mind, he's 87. So he won't be alive likely if it ever gets to fly. Um, but he said that humanity will have to evolve psychically and spiritually before people can figure out the technology that powers how the craft works. So. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, this is, I know, I know you have so many questions. Just wait. So many questions. I know, but just wait. So he someday hopes that the ship will be used to travel to 107, a planet that comes from a series of novels written by, you guessed it, himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he describes that the planet is inhabited by being similar to human beings, but with a higher stature. And he explained the planet's name is 
The number 10 represents the unity of God, while 7 represents the dimensions of the human being. I'm just reading what I read. in his. Yeah, so he wrote a novel, or a series of novels, about this place. So he built a spaceship to go with it that will eventually travel to this made-up place. So he, <laughs> so he built it with the sole purpose just to go there. For humankind to eventually go there. But I don't think that he anticipates that he will ever get to go there. And he just wants how big again? 60 feet in diameter. So it's not big. So he can't fit very many people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a solo mission. Oh my god. So 100,000 euros is 113,000 US dollars. Yeah, wow. when I saw his house, it's not small. But the spaceship is. <laughs> Dude, it, it's ridiculous uh, looking. I Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Hey, Godspeed, Spaniard. <laughs> Alien speed. Oh my god. I like him. Good for him. He's doing things. I know. He's busy. He's keeping busy. He's not letting age keep him down. I like it. I support him. There we go. I won't get on it, but I support him. <laughs> you don't want to see the aliens, but... No, I do not. <laughs> no boy, no. He knows what that means, right? <laughs> so stupid. Well, do you want to go first and tell me what your haunted place is now that we've covered oh, our man. really thrilling news? I'm going to preface this lovely tale I'm about to take us on (laughs) with didn't research very much. (laughs) Forgive me. Deepest apologies. And I researched too much, so it's going to be Liana heavy on this episode. So hopefully, Eric, I have Hopefully you have a lot of anecdotes or something. I don't know. I I always have those. Uh, Anecdotes for life. Okay, so maybe we should tell everybody that we came up with our two locations based off of that we can't pick anything, and I googled world's most haunted places, and these were the two that came up. <laughs> so I I took number two. <laughs> uh, call back to my story. <laughs> uh, my haunted place is in West Virginia. It's the it has two names. One of them is the Weston... Um, asylum and then it changed names to the trans i hate this name it's so hard to say allegheny yeah allegheny lunatic asylum (laughs) we're gonna call it the lunatic asylum in west virginia (laughs) nobody needs to hear me stumble on that forever So this place has a lot going on. First of all, it's insanely big. One of the corridors in it is 1.4 miles long. What the hell? That's way too big. No. It's crazy big. <laughs> like this place goes on for a days. It would take forever to walk it. Maybe that was like part of the point. The other thing <laughs> that I like, yeah, I'll go get this. Like you could take a lunch break in the other side of the building and like never come back. Dude, I mean, uh, I feel like you would need a bicycle. And, yeah, you would. You totally would. Um, it started construction in 1864, and it didn't stop running a business, if you want to call it that. It was up and running until 1994. Oh, wow. Crazy recent. Really, really random, but I won't interrupt too much. I oh. That's almost the exact same timeline as my location. Like, oh, I, know. I think I not. Don't. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then before I get too deep into it, because there's a lot of stuff, one of the things about the architecture of it that was kind of crazy is it has the largest hand-cut stone masonry in North America and is purportedly the second largest in the world next to the Kremlin. Holy crap. Like, this thing was like massive, huge, like so much work went into it. The guy who designed it, his name, Kirkbride, they hired this guy who, like, supposedly his whole outlook on building, because he knew it was an asylum when he built it, Mm. and designed it. It was, like, supposed to be, like, lots of windows, lots of light, so people who have mental states that are not so great, like, would be happy. It was all geared to, like, how it flowed and how things were shaped, and, like I said, the light. It was all supposed to be, like, 
good if you're there. Like everything about it was supposed to help you feel better and like get rehabilitated while you're there, which is really sad because he puts all this wonderful juju thought into it. And then the people who ran it and everything that happened there was like crazy hellish. Because they were... (laughs) fucking monsters they were awful and it's just kind of it's just kind of sad i can read some of the some of this because there's so much honestly we could go on forever and then um i can spend a little bit more time on like the ghosts that haunt here which is pretty fun because there's quite a few i imagine (laughs) that there would be um some at least so many and also i can talk about what it is today the person who bought mm. it is kind of an interesting fellow and Ooh, okay. does some interesting things with it. <laughs> and I kind of want to go there. So the hospital, like I said, it um, they call it the hospital, asylum, whatever you want to call it. Call the it the whole. hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the doors opened in 1864. It was authorized by the Virginia Gen- General Assembly in the early 1850s as the uh, lunatic asylum. Kirkbride, who's the guy I talked about who designed it, he it has a Gothic and Tudor revival style, which is really cool. It has this really fun, like kind of European look to it. Um, it had long rambling wings, ensuring that each of the connecting structures received an abundance of therapeutic sunlight ah, and fresh air. Oh, and he said nice. also he made it so patients had privacy, which is really sweet. He was really wow. nice. <laughs> I know. So construction began in uh, 1858. It got interrupted by the Civil War. It ended up that people who were fighting in the Civil War ended up using it as basically a, an amazing place to settle in because it was huge. You could just fit everybody. They could like have, they had stables there and all kinds of stuff. So it kind of got taken over for a little while. It was called Camp Tyler. Uh, it was for the Union. The completed southern wing of the asylum was used as barracks also. Um, Confederate raids took place in 1862 and 63 and temporarily uh, dislodged the Union troops. Um, once West Virginia was taken in as a U.S. state, the hospital was renamed uh, the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. Um, in 1864, Confederate raiders stripped the asylum of all food and clothing intended for its first group of patients. So they kind of mm. got ransacked and then were like, yeah, now you can use your place as an asylum and we're taking everything. How, how generous of them. How kind. <laughs> Super Assholes. Good. Yeah. Um, the first patients were admitted, like I said, in 1864 in October. The very first patient was a housewife. And the fun thing that she was admitted for was, quote, domestic trouble. What? What is that? Let that what? sink in. Basically, anything the husband wanted it to be. He didn't even oh. have the time to come up with something that seemed good or noteworthy to have her go. Domestic trouble trouble basically maybe she like i don't know didn't shine his shoes one thursday morning so then he's like get on out of here she didn't make my (laughs) soup i starved all day oh it's so stupid here's some of the other really dumb things that people got admitted for it was grief was one which is so messed up you're grieving and you get taken there stupid congestion of the brain i would be there (laughs) (laughs) i have that now (laughs) oh my god (laughs) maybe i was there in a past life wait what 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 do you think that what do you think that is like i'm trying to figure that out i don't even know congestion of the brain it's like is it like you're tired so you can't really think very well so you're just like uh maybe that person was just not caffeinated I write. Oh my god! Give him some caffeine. Oh my god! Feebleness of intellect. Oh no! Like also bad. Um, Seduction and novel reading. Oh, so don't read because yeah, that might make you smart. Right, and I assume that applies to especially women. Like, oh my god, she's read a novel. She's so tired. We have to commit her. That makes me think of America. That makes me think of American Horror Story, the asylum. Totally. totally. Like Ugh. all of those. I'm like, oh, I know each of those characters. Yeah, totally. What the hell? It's okay. In many cases, people were committed for ridiculous reasons, um, <laughs> such Check. as those and these other ones laziness, oh. religious <laughs> enthusiasm, menopause, 
superstition, domestic trouble, masturbation, and tuberculosis. Oh my god, they put TB patients there. They had a separate building, at least they got that right, and that was for um, people with tuberculosis. Or my favorite word, consumption. Consumption. I love that word so much. Okay. I definitely wait. I'm definitely rewatching Penny Dreadful, and oh. Billy Piper just succumbed to consumption, and I it really it. made me sad. <laughs> Asylums are often the dumping ground for society's unwanted. Clearly, if that's the reasons <laughs> why they're putting them there, so a lot of people ended up getting dropped off there who really had no sign of actual mental illness, and I mean, kids were even dropped off there, like all oh. kinds of things. It was really sad. The original building and construction was planned for 250 people. The hospital was supposed to be super sufficient. So they like grew their own veggies. They had a dairy herd. They had an ice plant. They had a nearby um, coal mine. So they had fuel for heat, a reservoir for water. So like they could take care of everything. Like no one ever needed to leave practically. They could take care of themselves. Um, All the patients' clothing, curtains, and fabrics were also made there. I mean, they did everything themselves there. It was kind of cool. Um, It was on, a fun fact, it was on um, 666 uh, acres of land, so that's kind of spooky, a little weird, fun fact. I feel like that was done on purpose. Right? It's super (laughs) weird. Um, They had their own cemetery, which is kind of crazy. A huge 200-foot clock tower was in the middle of it. It was four stories high. This place was just massive. They kept building on it until 1881. Uh, The total cost to build this place was $725,000. It was $300,000 over budget. Wait, what year? I'm going to do some quick Googling. 1881 was when it went over budget and <laughs> cost that much. Okay, and it cost how much? $725,000. All right, let's see. Wow, $17,974,000. Oh, that's nuts. That's crazy. And so it was, um, at that point, more than 700 people, patients, were in the building. Uh, which was 1,295 feet long. Um, So it contained two and a half miles of hallways. The 1.4 miles I talked about was one consecutive one that you could walk. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, the walls were two and a half feet thick, dense enough to muffle the screams of even the most tormented souls. Super scary. The most tormented people that should not have been put there in the first place. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where it gets really really dark. Dr. Walter Freeman. He was a douche. Um, (laughs) Because back then there were some really sketch healing tactics. Some of these were bloodletting, insulin coma therapy, where I assume they put you in a coma. (laughs) Giving you too much insulin. Yeah, um, seclusion cells, confinement cribs were utilized to control violent patients. I looked into this a little more because it got really overcrowded later on at this place. So they ran out of space and they would just put cages in like the middle of rooms and just have people in them and everyone like walking around and being crazy around them. It sounds insane. Um, Unfortunately, there were innocent victims of the asylum due to misdiagnosed conditions. Duh. Um, some people, many people, have spent their lifetime there only to end up in their cemetery that they had on land. Oh. Um, super weird. And a lot of these people who got hurt and really messed up are because of this Dr. Freeman. Um, I'll go into him more. Um, those were some of the things he did, though. Um, there was a women's auxiliary uh, building that was built in 1890. And then in the early 20th century, um, you start to get into the super overcrowding mm-hmm. uh, where way too many people were there. And it got Super nuts. There was a fire that broke out there in 1935, started by people who lived there. Who shouldn't have Um, been there in the first place, very likely. Yeah, pretty much. 1930 was a tuberculosis building. Um, Yeah, several fires were set by patients over the years, including a large fire, which ravaged the fourth floor. Crazy enough, no one was killed, but there was $155,000 worth of uh, damage, and they had to rebuild it. In 38, the asylum had 1,661 patients, and remember, it was supposed to be like 200s like range of people that were supposed to be there so it was like insanely crowded they housed a lot of epileptics during this time alcoholics oh. drug addicts and non-educated edu- can't even say <laughs> educatable wow what am i trying to say people who had mental defective among its population is how they worded in this article i'm reading which is really <laughs> sad because nobody's getting the time they need and it's no. like 
It's really upsetting. No, I was only laughing because you couldn't say that word. Sorry. I know. I'm see, I would get put there. That's exactly what I say. <laughs> she can't say the smart word, committer. <laughs> um, in '49, the hospital moved, bumped up to 1,800 residents, which oh, is crazy. God. The Charleston Gazette went there and started a report on it, this newspaper that was local. And um, they said that they saw poor sanitation, insufficient furniture, lighting, heating, and most of the complex. Um, in the 1950s, it reached 2,400 patients, more than 10 times the number it was built to accommodate. And during those years is when they really, this Dr. Freeman really kicked up his weird practices. His um, tool of the trade, if that's what you want to call it, was an ice pick. He was all about lobotomies. He performed oh, a shitload of lobotomies. I, somewhere I read, here it is, in 1950 alone, one doctor, I'm assuming it's him, performed 228 such of these uh, ice pick lobotomies during a two-week period. The That's hell? He, crazy. That's over 100 a week. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say in like a year, and I was like, no. That's a, that's a lot, but no, that's scary. It's insane. I mean, it's like assembly line style, like these ice pick lobotomies. It's crazy. So they just uh, had a bunch of vegetables wandering around the place afterward. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this no. crude procedure utilized a one or two pronged device, which was driven through the orbital eye socket into the brain with a sharp blow. Permanent damage caused uh, was thought to release some of the patient's more severe symptoms. It's total bullshit. And then, so while that was going on, it was still just getting more and more and more and more overcrowded. Mm -hmm. So people who worked there totally not able to take care of these people, even if they had like good intentions. I'm sure a lot sure. of these people in the beginning did. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't take care of everybody. In one instance, two patients uh, hanged one of their fellow patients using a set of bed sheets. Later, um, it's one of the ghosts that supposedly are supposed to haunt this is this poor person that these two people hung with these bed sheets and he didn't die when they did it because they didn't know what they were doing, I assume. Ugh. So they cut him down and they killed him with a metal bed frame to the head. What the um, okay. This place is insane. And also because it's so massive and there's so many people and so understaffed, anything yeah. can happen there. Oh, Nobody yeah. even knows. I'm um, sorry if one person could be at the end of the one mile long highway. <laughs> like hallway and just be like, well, I'm not going to reach him. <laughs> uh, for example, one of the nurses that worked there went missing. They found oh, her no. rotted body two months later at the bottom of unused staircase. People went oh, missing and were God. rotting for two months there. Nobody even knew. Oh, um, in 1960, oh. the medical center, uh, they, they uh, built a morgue. They had because they probably needed it. Um, and then in 1985, the same Charleston Gazette went there and wanted to try to bring to light everything that was happening there. They got, uh, they were allowed to report there because the court was said it was okay and that um, they let them go inspect it. They reported saying it was dirty and unkempt with many patients left naked, confined to dirty wards with its bathroom smeared with feces. That's a quote. Seven years later in 1992, which blows my mind, this happened not that long ago, the Charleston Gazette again reported on the conditions there. That same year, a patient named George Edward Bodie died after a fight with another patient. <laughs> another patient committed suicide, and his badly decomposing body was not found for eight days. Oof. The hospital was forcibly closed in 94 because it was just too awful what happened there. The hospital was auctioned off in August of 2007 and Joe Jordan bought it. Let's see. He bought it for $1.5 And today oh. he says he's doing guided tours there so he can restore it and bring it back to what it used to be. I don't mm. know what he wants to do with it. From what I looked up, it looks like he wants to make it a resort. Like what? a hotel? Yeah. Okay, how, how many people were there? Do you, do, do you have numbers on how many people were there when they closed? No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, it's got to be, it's had to have stayed at that same level of in the thousands. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they like let people go when the place closed. Like when the place oh, closed. Oh, when it closed? I or if they know. actually put them in a real facility that wasn't I think they just you know a haunted mansion loose, they bet. I don't know there's some people who have gone and visited and done the tours and they said I was committed here and one lady who did a tour there she claims that this place saved her life which to me sounds like some weird version of Stockholm syndrome or maybe yep. I thought maybe she was there when it wasn't half bad maybe when it was like I don't know like 1950 or something she went there i don't know but it just seems really strange that she would go there and be like oh this place saved my life it's like oh really 
this place has been featured in every single ghost hunting show possible. Um, <laughs> like, everybody's been there. So this, they claim that the spirits there are, like, everything from Civil War people to children, ex-patients, staff. Sightings include um, some friend, some friendly, some are mean. There's claims that there's, like, at least one demon that haunts there that's different than kind of the ghostly apparitions and figures that people have communicated with. One doctor who went there reported that a spirit followed her home and continues to trouble her to this day. Others oh. have reported the kind of typical ball of light that moves down the hallway. Um, some have seen apparitions dressed in white on the first floor of the building, which is a Civil War wing. It's the oldest part of the hospital. They say that there lurks a, for- lurks a former patient by the name of Ruth, <laughs> though it is unknown why Ruth uh, apparently hates men, but she does and has a practice of throwing things at them. Today, her spirit still wanders the hallways where people have been pushed up against walls and have heard whistling sounds coming from the hallways. Uh, in Ward 2, which is the second floor, a couple of violent events have occurred. One man uh, who was stabbed 17 times by another patient. Not so good things they've reported happened there. Maybe it's him. I could see why. Being stabbed 17 times does not sound like a walk in the park. Uh, (laughs) In another room, two patients committed suicide by hanging themselves from curtain rods. Um, In that room, shadowy figures have often been seen. And once somebody captured an EVP that said, get out. So he don't like you in there. See, two patients tried to hang another patient. That's one of the ones I touched on. They say that the ghost of the murdered man who, (laughs) when they tried to hang him, didn't work. And they killed him with a bed frame. They think he is there. Another ghost by the name of Big Jim is also said to maintain maintain a presence on that same floor. As well as a nurse who goes by the name of Elizabeth. Let's see. One of the ones that's really famous is a little girl named Lily. She's on the fourth floor. She seems to be really friendly. People leave a lot of toys and stuffed animals uh, for her. If you go on TripAdvisor and look at people's pictures of when they did the tour, you'll see like random rooms with a bunch of little stuffed animals and stuff. A lot Aww. of that left for Lily. Um, It says she also wears a white dress. They think she is about nine years old. She supposedly likes to play games with people when they visit and the staff especially. They've documented toys that move around of their own accord and a music box that turns on by itself. Legend has it that Lily was a little girl who spent all or most of her life inside this asylum, which is really upsetting. Um, One story says that she was dropped off at the hospital slash asylum by her parents while Second Tale states that she was born there to a committed mother. She oh. demi- uh, she died of pneumonia at the age of nine, is what they assume, and has never left the only home she ever knew. That's kind of her really sad tale. They don't uh, have a lot of records that are open to the public, do they? I don't know. I, when you go on the tours, they have a, like, museum, and they have pictures and stuff. You can find pictures of it. I was thinking, like, I should be able to find video, but I haven't found any yet since it's, like, not that long ago that it mm-hmm. was running but it's kind of hard I found some pictures and they have in the museum a bunch of patient artwork oh crazy some of it's really good I mean that's not surprising but some of it's like really really fun and lighthearted. some of it's kind of weird like a guy axing somebody's head on like a tree stump (laughs) okay and then like you scroll to the next page and there's a painting that somebody did a Bambi (laughs) it's like whoa (laughs) all over the map Okay. <laughs> it's just so um, funny how many parallels there are between where you did and where I did. Like, oh, there's just, there's too that. many. There's too it. many. So, um, sorry. Let me see if there's anything else I can leave everybody with. I just uh, want to visit uh, there before that weirdo turns it into whatever he's going to turn it into. Like, I, I want to go on a tour. I don't want to stay there as a resort. That's dumb. He's dumb. Yeah, it is really weird. The demonic haunting that I touched on, um, they think that... What part is it that supposedly haunts? The basement. (laughs) The myth is that it's been there forever and it liked it because everybody there who's tormented and sad, it it just loved it and fed off of it. Um, Supposedly while investigating Ward R, members of a ghost research society claim that they encountered a black shape that left the words demon on an SB7 ghost box, which like has all those pre-entered words and you can ask it questions and supposedly a word will pop up and what? Say what? This this is stuff that I'm unfamiliar yeah, with. Yeah, so there's there's the EVP recorders that are like 
just a regular recorder and you can play it back live in the moment and see if you hear anything. And then they have the like handheld things that look like Star Trek phasers. And supposedly <laughs> there's like thousands of words that are programmed into this machine and you ask something and then it will say the word back to you like a speak and spell of something there wants to talk to you. So like they what? had one of these things and it brought back the word demon. Uh, other recorded EVPs <laughs> seem to point to particularly strange activity within the asylum. But yeah, other there's other people in 2010 who claim that there's a lots of demonic responses that come out when you talk to this thing that supposedly is there and chilling. Mm. The other thing that's like a unsolved mystery of this place is that there's all kinds of tunnels that are hidden, but nobody's ever found them. They think that it might be true because there is a tuberculosis building and they're like spiriting away like the TB people who died, but nobody's found them, which is really weird. It's mm, okay. strange. How can you not find the tunnels? I don't know. Apparently they can't. Bees me. Like, that's like one of those people that's like telling the story. They're like, and nobody got out alive. And it's like, well, then how does anybody know the story? Or like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, well, then how, how do we know how what really happened? How do we happened? know? I don't know. Uh, okay, well. And that's what I got, bitches. I'm, I'm game to go find those tunnels. And- oh, my God. I want to go on the tour so bad. They have ones where you can go and um, they don't have a tunnel tour. But they do have ones that's like you can go like in the middle of the night. I think you it starts at 9 and goes till like 3 or 5 a.m. I can't remember. And it's not even that. It's for how long you're there. It's it's like I think it was like $80 or something. Okay. It's not insane considering you're there like all night long and you have a a a guide and they said if you want to have them show you around you can or you can opt out and go like hey i'm a professional ghost hunter deuces and i got my equipment and i'm gonna find me some ghosts so you can do what you want which is kind of cool and then they have um tours during the day that are like range from everything (laughs) yeah there's so many tours it's nuts but they also are really cool i want to go that's awesome thank you because i like knew that this place existed i just didn't really know much about it and after hearing about it i'm like oh so cool it's the asylum of ahs (laughs) literally (laughs) um before i start i'm gonna pour some wine because oh my god i almost just spilled it on my computer good job champion jesus god How dare you face wine? I didn't know. I said I almost did. It just kind of came out. Just the idea of it. How dare you? Because I poured it with my left hand, not a lefty. Mm -hmm. My brother is. I'm not. Bobby's a lefty. Weirdos (laughs) stick together. (laughs) Well, as it turns out, we're not leaving West Virginia because somehow we're both idiots and didn't realize that we're doing something in the same (laughs) state. (laughs) Hey, Charles Manson's from West Virginia. Uh, he wanted to be transferred to my place, which is really? the West Virginia State Penitentiary. That's but they were like, to this they place were like too. nah, 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 nah. We don't want you to come here because they thought that a lot of his followers might end up there or something. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not really sure. That was just some kind of tertiary information. Uh-huh. But um, this place is also called Moundsville. It apparently is two and a half hours from Trans-Allegheny. So, you know, we could just make a West Virginia trip and do uh-huh. both. Oh, I like it. Like it. Bring home all the ghosts for Bobby. And, yeah, and all of the really kitschy souvenirs. <laughs> I went to this asylum. All I got was a shirt. Whoa! Oh my God, I would totally wear it. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> Everyone has unsubscribed. <laughs> oh my God. So the West Virginia State Penitentiary, it is so similar. So you're gonna, it's going to feel like you're almost hearing the same story twice. So I apologize. But it's a Gothic-style prison. It is now retired from prison use. And it operated from 1866 to 1995. So it's like almost the exact same timeline. Jeez, the government was like approving all kinds of weird things being built. Well, I think that was, that was, I think that was like right near, like right after uh, West Virginia had been introduced as a state. So they were oh, like, okay. uh, we got to build all this stuff. I did, <laughs> I did so much research. <laughs> I get really, really deep into this stuff. And then I see the same stuff a million times and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> but currently the site is maintained as a tourist attraction and a training facility and it's used for film locations. Uh, they filmed Castle Rock there. Mind Hunter used it. 
Ah. Um, I know. And like, just like you with Trans Allegheny, every ghost or ghost adventure, like ghost hunting show has been there. Every yeah. single one. Because they do, they do the same thing. They do nighttime tours. They do daytime tours. They even allow you to have like dances and stuff there. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know why you'd want to, but whatever. I would. I, <laughs> I would just want to go if do. I was like high school prom committee, I'd be like, we're having prom here. <laughs> Everyone's like that weirdo Erica. She sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just but, me alone dancing with a strobe light. No one shows up. A couple of ghosts. <laughs> I, all on board for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just a little bit of history on this place. So prisoners actually built this prison. So, so in addition to the construction of just the prison, the inmates had like other jobs to do to support the prison, so that it was also basically self-sufficient like Trans Allegheny. So in the early 1900s, um, these are, they opened a carpentry shop, a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brickyard, a blacksmith, tailor, bakery, and a hospital. Oh. And they even had a prison farm. Sorry, my, my tent is, my, 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 <laughs> my really awesome recording venue is trying to fall on me. Don't. Ugh. Okay. Whatever. It's fine. Everything is great. Going back to the... Pre- <laughs> Resuming. <laughs> <laughs> they had a prison farm and inmate labor actually really helped the prison financially in the early 1900s. It was like super self-sufficient. They even had like a coal mine. So like... During the turn of the 20th century, everything at that prison was amazing. Like education was a priority. They had them attending class. They even built a school and a library to help them like reform and educate inmates. So they were actually trying to do some good. But naturally came the war and they were like, no, we can't funnel money into these programs anymore. Um, So that changed and the prison just completely turned into dump town. (laughs) So it actually eventually became uh, ranked on in the top 10 of the uh, Department of Justice's top 10 most violent correctional facilities but obviously since it's been decommissioned it's no longer on that list because i hunted (laughs) i was like could it possibly still be listed because it was awful there but no in 1929 the state decided to double the size of the penitentiary because overcrowding um was a problem so they had five by seven foot cells i need you to just think about that for a second no it's seven feet high and five feet wide and they would put three guys in there Two on bunk beds and one on the floor next to the freaking toilet. What? Yeah. Awful. Wow. How, what kind of, I'm sure, are you going to touch on what kind of people got put in there? Yeah, of course. Because I want to, do they deserve these conditions? This is what I'm wondering before I feel even a little bit of empathy. We'll get there. <laughs> the prison was never meant to hold more than 600 people, but at the height, I think it held about 2,000 inmates, which led to several riots, like prison-wide riots, like not just not just a couple of cell blocks, like it was the uh, whole damn place. And there were several large escape attempts and mm-hmm. usually that usually ended in some death so the prison did house a variety of felons but they claimed that Moundsville held the worst of the worst so i mean you know the the murderers the rapists and serial killers all went there so they were the garbage it was the garbage heap it wasn't in the beginning when they were actually like good productive prisoners which is a weird thing to say i guess (laughs) they were good people (laughs) um and they also had like some criminal celebrities they called this one his name was harry powers and he was a lonely hearts killer so he would use newspaper ads to lure lonely women into believing he was looking for love and marriage and he really only sought to rob them and murder them oh, and he, so people uh, would contact like he put out a, a newspaper and then like, i am a young handsome man looking for a young beautiful woman a handsome woman <laughs> <laughs> Whatever and you I got, want, I'm ready. I want to marry you and have you make babies. And they were like, oh, no. my God. Yeah. So they would show up to his house or what? He'd wine and dine them, take them home and, like, kill them nope. or whatever? He'd rob them and murder them. Yeah. So he was, Yeah, he was a dick. So How he, many people did he, do we know? Well, he was arrested in 1931 and convicted of the murders of two women and three young children. Ugh. And he was be- it was believed he was likely responsible for at least two other deaths, but they're not Jeez. super sure. I didn't look too deeply because I was like, "That's so a rebel. Focused. He's a douche. Lonely Hearts killer. That's kind of a fun yeah. name, though, right? I know. <laughs> That's evil. Oh, my God. 
gangs like the Aryan Brotherhood and they were and another one called the Avengers Motorcycle Gang. They roamed the yard and frequently clashed over things like turf and control over the flow of contraband and stuff. So because of that and like the poor funding, the conditions within the prison just continued to deteriorate. And they ran it. Oh, oh they completely ran it. Um, this is a really big one. So in 1986, the year after I was born, and the inmates rioted partly, they say over a leaky sewer pipe that went under the floor into the prison cafeteria because this place completely deteriorated. It turned into like a garbage heap that just happened to hold people inside. Wow. How would people not get out? Like the guard towers were still on top of it? <laughs> yeah, they were still on top of it. And they, I mean, it was, the walls were like, I think it was like, I want to say like five feet thick of concrete. Like there was, and they went deep. They did not, uh, they so didn't it, want them to The out. inside rotted, but the exterior like, perimeter walls they probably good. focused all the repairs on that they're like well the insides suck but let's just keep them in so i guess like during that riot the guards and the kitchen workers were all held hostage and they ended up having to negotiate with the governor to get to like negotiate the release and once the hostages were released basically unharmed i mean they were probably like knocked around a bit but they weren't killed and they basically got everything that they wanted i think they said that they wanted the they were like we want this shit fixed or no they said they wanted like a whole new cafeteria and he was like how about i just fix the sewer pipe and fix up your cafeteria and they're like okay okay <laughs> reasonable i'll take it so they got what they wanted and i was like well, what the hell but um the hostages released unharmed but the inmates did end up killing three of their own. They thought that they were possibly snitches, most likely snitches. This is where it gets, this is where we start talking about like the real darkness of this prison. So I need to explain that so many articles and videos and Wikipedia and libraries all contradict in terms of numbers. So I'm going to give to you what I think is probably the most factual information. So please forgive me if any of this is wrong. <laughs> It was a nightmare because nobody wanted to agree on anything here. Uh. So they're saying approximately 998 men died in Moundsville over the 129-year operation. So nearly 1,000 people. Many died from natural causes because they did have a tuberculosis ward between the 20s and 30s. <laughs> so many did die from that. Gotta have that sad business. I know you got to just throw in those sick people into an overpacked area where yeah. they can naturally spread it really, really well. Let's add disease. <laughs> Let's just throw some disease into the yuck. Uh, approximately 104 executions were carried out. And from the opening of the prison to 1949, they were carried out by hanging. However, later it was deemed as inhumane. And that was one of the numbers that Ohio Public Library and Wikipedia and a few other sources did not agree. Some people said like 94. Some people said 104. Some people also said that this place was opened in a different year. So like nobody can agree. There's like a 10-year differential that people Weird. can't. It's really strange and very annoying. So, so about 100 about a hundred <laughs> plus or minus ten <laughs> plus or minus ten so this is interesting and horrible in the beginning the public could attend the hangings so it could be like throw cabbages at them and so tomatoes weird. i know I, i've never understood that why do people and people took their kids <laughs> so weird don't do this bobby or we'll hang you <laughs> <laughs> or you'll get oh, hung. No. please don't <laughs> hang me mom <laughs> Wow. So, so this was allowed up until June 19th, 1931. The reason that it ended on that date was because on that date, Frank Heyer was executed for murdering his wife. When the trap door beneath him was opened and his full weight settled into the noose, he was instantly decapitated. So his head kind of popped off. <laughs> so oh, were, I've so, never heard of that happening. I know. How heavy was he? Was he like uh, a big... Dude, honestly, there's not How's a lot that of possible. Wow, that's great, <laughs> dude. Kids must have freaked out when they saw that. Mommy, don't ever bring me one of those again. I hate this place. <laughs> so, following that event, attendance by hangings was by invitation only. So, probably like the families of yes. the affected only. Dude, that's messed up. I can't believe that. That's I know. I know. So beginning in 1951, electrocution became the means of execution. The warden at the time had tried really, really hard to prevent that from being the case. He was he wrote like this big, long letter that basically said that the time to set up the electrocution in the chair is so stressful and scary and way worse than 
walking up the 13 steps and having the 13 I don't know why they chose 13 I can't remember but it was 13 steps and 13 loops of the news I don't remember he said he said that that was less traumatic and faster than the electrocution which I do believe it is faster I think maybe if you actually if it actually snaps if they know what they're doing probably They don't just decide to decapitate somebody. So, <laughs> yeah. On so the electric chair, they nicknamed it Old Sparky. Because of course. of course they did. Actually, the chair was actually built by an inmate there. And he had to, he built it in secret. And then he had to be sequestered off for the rest of his time yeah, there. People because, hate him for that, oh, right? Yeah, they did. They did. Did he get like less time on his sentence? I don't think so. I think he just got put into more or less solitary or like less scary Less scary prison. This whole place was such wow. a bump. But when you go there now, Old Sparky greets the visitors when you first come through the door. And it's in like a cage and it's kept protected. So you can see that as soon as you get there. <laughs> so this is, I thought was interesting. So during each electrocution, an electrician would come to the penitentiary to establish the connection on one of three switches. So the guards would have to pull these simultaneously. They'd put all the guards' names in a hat. And then they'd pull the guards' names out. So if you were one of the three guards, like you had to pull one of the three switches. And if you didn't do that, you would... Would be fired and basically the reason that they had three switches was so that one guard oh. wouldn't necessarily know that he was they don't the one know who th- did it exactly they wouldn't be like oh my god i just killed that creep that you know raped and murdered people i mean it, it, oh interesting okay yeah. that i mean i guess that's a good way of going about it yeah. i don't i don't really know how i feel about that <laughs> but yeah so, in total, 36 homicides took place in the prison. <laughs> However, another number says nearly 300. So, there's that. <laughs> I feel 36, like it's got to be more than 36. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, uh, there is. it's so hard to find solid information on this place. Because I can see why. It's a hot mess of madness. So one of the more notable homicides is this guy, the butchering of R.D. Wall. Um, On October October 8th, 1929, after snitching on his fellow inmates, he was attacked while heading to the boiler room by three prisoners with dull shivs. And apparently he was so just, he was completely butchered. Like they just had to like scoop him up. It was gross. Yeah, so they think that he could possibly be one of the ghosts. I bet. Another prisoner who met an ugly death was William Sider, a.k.a. Red, who was the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood. So I'm not really sad about him dying. (laughs) He was feared by everyone (laughs) in the whole prison, obviously. And he used to watch soap operas, just as a side (laughs) note. (laughs) Did they say what one? Days of our lives. Yay! That's crazy! Oh my god. I love it. Uh huh. So funny. Yep. I guess it's like a total reality escape for him. It's nothing like his world, so maybe that's why. These are the days of our lives. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so weird. That's so funny. (laughs) You know, you're like a badass if you can watch that in a prison and not get killed for it. (laughs) Oh yeah, like I'm shocked that his name was Red and not like bunny muffin or something stupid like that because you know how like the scariest ones have like the little fluffy name yeah tiny (laughs) (laughs) oh god the Aryan brotherhood's coming after me um anyway so um so as the leader he could have like had anybody killed but a competing member actually like really wanted that spot so he had him killed and he he was stabbed like 38 times or something insane so he did but apparently his ghost thinks that he still runs the place and has chosen to stick around and yell at other ghosts reportedly i don't know if that's real sounds like a bunch of baloney i hope so i it makes me laugh but anyway (laughs) so on to the hauntings because that's what we're here for right not all of my favorite true crime um so they're saying that the hauntings were reported as early as the 30s so the 1930s um cool so yeah it's been haunted for a while supposedly but it never really came out to the public it was just kind of like native knowledge like oh don't go down that hallway because that's blah 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 or make sure you say hi because they'll they'll screw with you while you're down there and because a big chunk of this place obviously prisons are dark it's very unlike trans allegheny in that it is Mm. very fucking dark it's scary (laughs) (laughs) there aren't a lot of windows (laughs) so poopy um (laughs) So 
Hauntings were reported in the 30s. Guards would keep an eye out for possible escapees, and they'd see an inmate walking along the grounds near an area that was considered to be maintenance. So when the guards would set off the alarms and they'd investigate the area more closely, it was determined that there was, like, no living inmate inside or outside the structure. So it was just like, what the hell did I just see? So they were, it was kind of like, oh, that must be a ghost. Like, kind of joking around, but that's kind of where it started. The most popular ghost that they see there is called the Shadow Man. Man. <laughs> and it's because <laughs> this made me laugh. I don't know why this made me laugh. It's so dumb because I know that if I I'm laughing about this now in the safety of my house, but if I go there, when I go there, I will likely pee myself. So I'll <laughs> wear a diaper. <laughs> uh, uh, I know. So the shadow man, he lurks in the midst of the shadows and the shades and the halls. So like you kind of like will turn and you'll see something moving but there won't be anything there there's no pictures or anything of this so it's mostly just like you have to be there to see it right. but people have described him as like staticky or fuzzy so it's not like a real a perfectly solid human shape but it you can kind of tell that it's supposed to be a man shadow mist yes just thing. like a dark ominous shadow that's super intimidating um cool. they think that that could be the guy that was hacked into pieces because they often find him in this really creepy place that they call the sugar shack Ooh, there's there's another theory though that it could be a guard that kept check on cells in life and that may have died there but i don't really i don't i didn't really hear of any guards that had died so i'm kind of like don't you haunt the place that you die in i, I thought know, right why would you go back there i mean no I don't <laughs> I don't, don't feel, have to. I don't feel like you would. <laughs> but um yeah, so they're saying that it's like it's not unusual for someone to witness an apparition, hear the noises, or feel like they're being watched, but it's there's not a lot of visual proof like you see in other haunting investigations. But uh back to the sugar shack, it was a room that was created for the purpose of recreation for the inmates when the outside weather conditions um, wouldn't permit them to go outdoors because it would get really cold in the winter times. Right. Which is why the place is closed during winter because I looked to see when I could go there next. <laughs> it's like, we're not open again till I don't know, someone's down the road. Oh, so, and this place had like, they had art too that was painted by the inmates. And there's oh. like, it's like ninja turtles and stuff on there it's really weird they were trying to make it so that it wasn't like creepy for the family members that would come to visit i guess but when you see it in like this dark creepy yucky prison you're like Ugh, i don't like that at all <laughs> but um this room was in the basement of the structure and i don't know why i why they do the things that they do in terms of having people visit there or if they even did again so much of this is speculation because there are so few solid records on this place that i have access to anyway in its days of actual use there was gambling fighting and raping that took place in that room so it was just this yuck room it was just this gross gross room and Aww. bear in mind there were 2,000 inmates and at the height of their employment they had 30 guards so they couldn't possibly have been watching every corner of this prison so like trans allegheny again how that poor woman was found you know dead two yeah, months later months later oh my god they could not possibly people? yeah and that was at the, like i think it was like 30 32 they, they couldn't possibly keep track of all of them because a lot of times they would this prison i don't remember what they called it but they let them just kind of wander around a good chunk of the time oh they're like free range prisoners Free range prisoners, which <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, but that's uh, wild. Yeah. In apparently in the sugar shack, sometimes people can hear arguing, talking, or like creepy whispers. And of course that's where a lot of the like the unexplained noises and cold spots can be felt there. So that's the room to check out the yucky room. <laughs> Love it. So a lot of the former guards are now like caretakers and tour guides and they said that even um you know a lot of the guards thought it was haunted e even many of the prisoners thought it was haunted they were all convinced they were like no this place sucks there's ghosts but a lot of the tour guides that work there today were guards so they can give you real like real life information not just hand me down hearsay that like eyewitness accounts. the internet gets <laughs> wow that's yeah, very so crazy so their tours, I was looking into it because I was like, how 
could I do this? Because I've watched so many, I've watched a lot of videos of people doing this stuff and, or doing this stuff at that prison. And they were interesting because you can get, I think, free range to just go there by yourself at night from like midnight or nine o'clock on just all night and basically you can wander anywhere and if the door's locked then obviously you're not supposed to go in there but anywhere you want just you can sleep in one of the cells or well ugh, i wouldn't but you know i don't think i could sleep but i would I... love to go here yeah so either both i mean it would be yes. silly to go to one and not go to the other and it didn't seem like it was very much i it wasn't it wasn't obscene. It wasn't California yeah. prices. <laughs> so, yeah. You know if that crap was here, they're like $350. Oh, my God. It would be so expensive. It would be nuts. Yeah, but like every Ghost Hunter show has done an episode here because I don't remember on our list that we were looking at to like find our haunted places that we wanted to talk about, but I don't remember what number this was, but it's up there. Yeah, like, it was number one. Oh, well, then there you go. This mm -hmm. place is spooky. But, oh, I was... Um, also reading that apparently a, a few inmates that used to reside there because it was only closed down in 95, like a few of them will actually come back and do tours with their families. Yeah. And they're wild. They're like, yeah, like when I went, when I was transferred to another prison, they wanted us to talk about our feelings. But like at Moundsville, we just we just settled it. Like we just settled it with almost like, oh, okay. So you just like cut people when you didn't, you didn't want to resolve your issues. You just wanted to hurt people. That's cool. Yeah. Great. Oh, oh. I know. So when are we planning our trip? Um, free January sometime. Don't even <laughs> joke, man. I, have... I would love to go, but if they're closed in the winter, so when they reopen again, it's not freezing cold. I want to yeah. be in there and not cold. <laughs> You're going to freeze no matter what. These places I are need to go like summertime. <laughs> uh, that's when there are like nasty bugs out there. That place. That's true. I don't need that either. I don't want mosquitoes. That's like my big thing. I'll just wear a net. <laughs> <laughs> a bug slash ghost net. <laughs> You'll keep thinking I'm a ghost. <laughs> Would Bobby be cool with that? No. Oh. <laughs> Sean would. He Sean can go wherever the local bar or like, uh, or like, whatever. When whoever makes beer tap room there, he'll go there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, folks, if you know of like a nearby tap room to both of these places, that would be great because Erica's husband <laughs> is going to go. Yeah, a positive place for him to <laughs> go to. I know Sean would want to come with us because he'd be or. Ah. I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like he would. Because he'd if be Bobby's like, Bobby's oh. having fun at a brewery. He'd be like, maybe I'd rather go there. <laughs> I don't want to spend the night in this gross, dark building uh, <laughs> where people were essentially tortured and murdered. <laughs> we can bring our own cider and wine, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if they would let us do that. Well, we would just wear the camelbacks and say it's filled with water. Oh, totally. <laughs> stumbling around you know we'd fall down some stairs and die uh, and then become haunted. <laughs> i don't want to haunt there i don't want to die there <laughs> that's all i would be saying the whole night i don't want to die here <laughs> dude you know that i would i would probably pee i would have to wear uh -oh. a diaper uh I, oh, I would just need lots of booze no, i'd be fine mm -hmm. booze and a lot of batteries to go in my flashlight I'd need multiple flashlights, like the headlamp. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And my cell phone totally charged with that flashlight. I need multiple ways to get light. <laughs> Matches, candles, <laughs> Matches. lighter. You know that matches make the creepiest light because it flickers. Oh, they do. But so many of these shows I watch where people go to haunted places and then the batteries get drained and all of their electronic equipment. So I'm like, I need at least like Old Faithful and I need a lighter. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Gotta have all the bases covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds awful and scary, but I'm totally down. Okay, cool. you know, you know that I want to go, and this is not just me saying like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like fun." No, I, I would go. I'm talk to your husband. He needs to make plans. I just have to not tell him. Make up a reason to go to West Virginia. <laughs> I don't see any reason for either of us to go. I don't either.
<laughs> What's in West Virginia? I'm so dumb. I don't know. Probably great breweries, right, Bobby? <laughs> I don't know what's there. I'm looking like at news. Sam Adams is made there. Something horrible. Around. He's like, I hate. That's in that Boston. I don't know. That's Massachusetts. I don't drink beer. <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. Clearly, so we can do an update next week on what's there and how it we'll went. We'll do an I want to go. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to look really fast. There's the Potomac River. They can go great doing that. <laughs> the Appalachian Trail. Uh, great. Be eaten by mountain people. It's fine. Oh, no. You That's mentioned deliverance to, to either of them, and you know that they'll both be like, nope, we're oh. not going. <laughs> Banjos, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> oh my God. I think I think that was it. I think we've now educated the public on where to go if they want to be the most spooked. And also we've educated people on how we are not educated on West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if you feel like teaching us some more information, that would be great. You can email us at nightgeistpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at Night Guys Pod and soon to be Facebook. We're working be, on it. God, I hate Facebook. But yes, Hard. send us messages and tell us what we need to know more about West Virginia. How amazing is it? How, how not amazing is it? How exciting <laughs> can it be for our husbands while we go and explore haunted places? Oh, I want to go. Want to get ghost voices on a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that if we get anything recorded, we will definitely play it. Well, I'll freak out and tell everybody. <laughs> I will shout it from the mountaintops. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Uh, oh, my God. Well, we are Nightgeist, and thank you. I'm Liana. I'm Erica. And thank you for joining us this week. Next week, we don't know we're covering, so stay tuned. Yeah. We'll figure something out. TBA. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.